Thanks for listening to the New Life Church Searcy podcast. If you'd like to get connected to what God is doing at the Searcy campus, you can text the word Searcy to 88000. There you can give online, get connected to a life group, find your place in a serve team, and so much more. You can also find today's message notes in the YouVersion Bible app. Just tap the link in the episode description to follow along during the sermon and save notes directly to your phone. Now prepare your hearts to hear a great word from God today. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing again today? Awesome. Um, let, me, let me ask you a more serious question. How's everybody's brackets doing at this point on a Sunday? Okay. Um, one thing I think we all can agree on, how about them hogs? Y'all, let's go. Come on. Sweet 16, two years in a row. Y'all aren't as excited about it as I am. I'm really excited. Um, hey, do me a favor and welcome everybody watching with us online. Good morning, everybody. Hello. We're glad you guys are here on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, probably you're all on your way or already at a beach somewhere or a lake, and we're all here pretty jealous, I think. Um, spring break week for a lot of public schools and stuff like that in the area. I know Harding had theirs a couple of weeks ago. So we're right on the tail end of all the spring breaks and stuff like that. Uh, before I dive into the message, a uh, couple of just quick things. Uh, first off, I didn't mention this first service. I meant to. Easter is coming up very quickly. Uh, it'll be here in just a couple of weeks. We're excited about Easter services here. So uh, you can find, we're going to do uh, two services on Easter Sunday. I think that's April 17th, 9 and 11 o'clock here. So make plans right away to join us for Easter. Also, if you'd like to give to our church, you can obviously do that online, uh, newlifechurch.tv slash giving. You can uh, tap links in descriptions if you're watching online, or uh, you can go to newlifechurch.tv slash giving, Cersei or if you're here in the building, uh, we have boxes between the doors on your way out. We always thank you so much for your faithfulness in that area and just allowing us to be the church and to minister and reach out to people. So it means a great deal to us. I also want to pray real quick for uh, our friends at First Baptist Church located downtown and just ask God to bless them and what they're doing in our community as well as our services here. So let's go to God in prayer this morning. God, we love you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for your presence being in this room. God, your word says we're two or more gathered. I think there's more than two of us right now, God. So we're expecting you to do big things in our lives today. Whatever we came into the building with, God, that you just meet us exactly where we are. Um, God, you see everything. You see any hurts that may be here. God, any um, health issues or situations we may find ourselves in right now, God, that you meet us where we are for the next few moments. We can just be in your presence around with other people who love you the same as we do, God. And so we just thank you for that. God, bless our offering today. Allow us as a church to use it the right ways. Continue to lead us in that, God. Bless every person giving faithfully. And bless our friends over at First Baptist Church, our pastors and staff, every volunteer, doing good work in our community. Just uh, ask you to give them an incredible spring as we get close to Easter. In your name, and we all said, amen. All right, if you got a Bible or a Bible app, go with me to Mark chapter 4. I'm going to teach on a a pretty familiar story this morning. If you don't have either one of those, uh, you can use what I like to call the Sky Bible. It'll be on the screens. Um, But I want to go to Mark chapter 4. And um, if if you've grown up in Arkansas, like most of your life, can you just raise your hand so I know who I'm talking to? Arkansas people, through and through. Come on. Not a lot of uh, outsiders here. But if you are, you know, not from Arkansas, maybe uh, you grew up in Texas or Oklahoma, Tennessee, something in the south, southwestish area. Um, if, if, if that's you, then you, you, you can understand what I'm about to say when I say that if you don't like the weather in Arkansas, just give it time. Like, 
it will change pretty quickly. In the last like 30 days, this is crazy, we've had an ice storm, four inches of snow that melted the very next day. Uh, we've had 80 degree days, we've had huge storms, lots of wind, like we, we get it all around here. The weeds in my backyard don't know whether they're supposed to grow or die, like they're just confused right now. And so weather, we're, we're all used to strange weather, extreme weather. Um, I've got some friends who are like from the, the Southern California area and they'll just talk like, you know, oh, the weather just, it's always 70 degrees and they always talk like this. It's always 70 degrees, like it never changes. And I'm like, well, come to Arkansas. It's, it's an adventure every single week. You never know what you're going to get. Um, as a kid, I was obsessed with weather. Like where most kids are watching the Disney Channel or Nickelodeon or something like that, I'm that nerd who was watching the Weather Channel. Like I would sit in my room. I would watch these weathermen showing these maps and what the circular motion over a storm looked like and hurricane season, and they're out there doing their thing. And I'm sitting there watching that as entertainment. And I don't know who it was in my family, but I just remember somebody walking past my room going, nerd, and just keep walking. And it's, it's, it's unfair, really, because I was just trying to learn. I was just into some knowledge. But um, because I'm a weather nerd, I, I know a couple of stats for you, some information. 1954, uh, that's when U.S. meteorologists started naming these huge hurricanes that would hit the coasts and big storms that would blow through the U.S. They started naming them. And what I find funny is that they were naming them. They didn't come up with some creative names. Like, they saw this huge storm and decided to name it after their wives and girlfriends. I want that to sink in for a second. Honey, I'm home. Guess what? There's this huge storm off in the Gulf Coast. It's going to destroy everything. Like, it's mean and angry. And I named it after you. Like, come on, like somebody sleeping on the couch that night, like it's not a happy moment. 1979, they started adding men's names to these storms. So storms got uh, equal rights at that point, which is awesome. Um, one stat that maybe you don't know is we, we all know some of these huge storms. You've got like Hurricane Harvey or Irma, Katrina, some of these massive storms. And Whenever a storm gets to a certain level and it's, it's like really big and mean and angry and very destructive, they actually retire these storms' names so you don't ever see them again. The truth is storms happen, okay? Storms happen in the physical world. They also happen in our spiritual world as well. They happen in our emotional lives as well. Storms are just part of our everyday lives, Storms, if I had to identify storms outside of like a physical rainstorm, spiritually speaking, storms are things that challenge us in a way that we have really no control over. Things that happen to us, they challenge us, and we have no control over them. Things like a strained relationship or health problems. Things like financial situations change, your job situations change. These kinds of things that affect us, we have no control over, little control over, we tend to call them storms in our lives. Storms tend to put a strain on our faith, causes us to work a little extra hard. It's really easy to trust God when things are going good, but we got to work a little harder when we're in the middle of a storm. We start to wonder where God is completely or why he would even cause such things to happen. And Mark chapter 4 is a pretty popular story. It tells, about, tells us about a time that Jesus and the disciples were caught in a storm. Now, if you've, if you've grown up in church, the chances are probably good that you've heard this story before. But if you've never heard the story, I'm excited to be the one to help teach it to you this morning. And Mark chapter 4, verse 35 is where, where we're going to pick up. 
And so we can read that together this morning. Verse 35, the day or that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. I love this, by the way. There, there's one of my favorite little memes. I think they even put it on a sweatshirt now. I, have a, I think my brother-in-law has this sweatshirt. It said, uh, Jesus took naps. Be like Jesus. I love that because I like naps also, and I just want to be more like Jesus. So Jesus was asleep on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and said, Quiet. One version says, Peace. Be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? But even the wind and the waves obey him. Storms are just a part of life. They happen to us all. They happen to Jesus and the disciples in a physical sense. Now the Sea of Galilee, if you do a little research, the Sea of Galilee is about 680 feet below sea level and surrounded by mountains on, on all sides. And so this is a perfect area for storms to just kind of develop and just kind of happen, sometimes completely without notice. Storms happen in our lives as well, and it's very easy for us if we're not careful. We, we will start blaming the storms that happen in our lives on other things. I grew up in a, you know, Pentecostal charismatic church and a lot of people that I know did as well. And it was really easy for us to blame the devil on anything bad that happened in our lives. Like something bad happens, we get a bad grade, we get consequence at work. Well, that devil, he's at me again. I'm not saying the devil can't attack us. I believe that. But it's an easy cop out for us to just kind of blame the devil sometimes. Thing also goes with blaming God. A lot of times we will look at God and say, God, why did you do this to me? Why in the world would you punish me in this way? It's easier to blame God. The truth is it's easier to blame someone else, especially God or devil, someone we can't physically see, than sometimes it is to blame ourselves for the circumstances that we're in. It's not always the case. Sometimes it's other people in our lives. Sometimes people are just being dumb. Sometimes people make mistakes. People choose poor decisions and it affects us. Sometimes it's our own fault. We have gotten ourselves into a certain mess. And sometimes it's just a law of nature. God has set things in motion. Things have happened in motion long ago, and sometimes we reap the benefits of that. Jesus says, though, in John 16, that in this world, there will be trouble. Jesus is not saying there won't be storms. He's not saying there won't be moments, but look at what it says afterwards. I have overcome the world. So even though there are going to be storms, there's going to be situations in our life outside of our control, we can have faith in Jesus because he has overcome a storm usually consists of three elements, and I'm going to go ahead and give all three of them to you this morning at the beginning, and we're going to talk about them in detail as we go throughout the morning. But the three areas that usually follow a storm are thunder, wind, and rain. These are the three big areas of storms that I think we can all agree usually take place in a normal storm. So let's go through them one by one very quickly. Number one is the thunder. When we think about our spiritual lives and we think about what the thunder of a storm could look like in our lives, I usually like to think of thunder as the words that we hear. Because just like the thunder in a physical storm, we can hear it, it may scare us, it may shake us, it may cause us to feel a certain way, but that thunder can't touch you. It's just kind of there. 
Words have the same effect. You guys have heard it before, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but... Thank you, four of you are awake. That's awesome. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. The words themselves, yeah, they can't hurt you, but man, it can startle you. It can cause fear in your life. It can cause you to have anxiety. It can cause things emotionally to happen to you, even though it can't physically hurt us. Words have power. Proverbs uh, 18, 21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. This little piece of flesh inside of our mouths, when we put it to use, it can either speak life to somebody, can lift somebody up, make somebody feel so good one day. The words that you hear, things that are encouraging to you can lift you up and make you feel like you're on top of the world or it has the ability to start a fire that spreads like gossip. Has, words have power to knock you down and hurt you and cause pain. Usually in a storm, there are two different types of thunder that you hear, okay? Now, not to freak you, I wanna play those two thunder sounds for you, okay? I thought about just, just letting it go and scaring you half to death. Funny story, first service, I did this, and I forgot to tell our security team, and the, the guys out in the foyer heard this thunder and thought it was shots being fired, and they freaked out for a minute, okay? But let me, the, the first type of thunder is called booming thunder. It sounds like this. All right? Now, you hear that kind of thunder really loud at 2.30 in the morning, that'll get your heart going, Right? That'll get your heart going. You, you will wake up from a dead sleep and you will just think something is happening. Just like our security guys, something's going wrong. That's the kind of thunder that gets the dog barking. That's the kind of thunder that'll shake the house and make a picture fall off. I mean, that's the kind of thunder that will really just start to, to hit you all at once out of nowhere that thunder hits. It's a funny story. When I was a kid, my parents played a very mean trick on me and my, my, my brother and our friends. Um, we were a kid, and th- we had some friends over, and apparently my parents had just bought a brand new stereo system. And they also, uh, there was a, a little-known artist at the time called Garth Brooks who just came out with a song called The Thunder Rolls. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, any country fans in the house? I'm not one of them. Uh, but uh, they, they played this song. And my parents thought it would be a really funny trick to crank that stereo as loud as it possibly could. And at the beginning of that th- song, Thunder Rolls, thunder claps really hard like that. Now, I also have to remind you that as a kid growing up in a Pentecostal charismatic church, I had just learned about a thing called the rapture. <laughs> Some of y'all are starting to put the math together right now. So me and my friends and my brother, were back in my room and just kind of hanging out, doing our own thing, probably playing Mario Kart. It was the early 90s, right? So we're playing our games, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we hear that thunder clap so loud. The house starts to shake. The wall starts to vibrate. We freak out. We go into the living room saying, what is that? And our parents are nowhere to be found. Like they were hiding behind a couch or something. And I'm like, that's just a mean joke. I immediately thought the rapture has taken place. And I looked at my brother and I blamed him. I said, this is your fault. We're not going to be with Jesus right now, okay? Like that kind of thing can shake you. Like it can scare you. It can terrify you. The types of words we hear like this are words we hear with no notice. I want a divorce. You're fired. I'm sorry you have cancer. I'm sorry your loved one has died. These are things that when we hear them, maybe it's unexpected and it just hits us different. Now we're feeling anxiety or fear, things that have grappled with us. Another kind of thunder is the rolling thunder. This is what that sounds like. 
It's a little less scary. Honestly, this is could be good sleeping weather, right? Kind of a storm in the background, just kind of rolling. Never getting too loud, never coming without warning. Just kind of always there. Just kind of always in the background. Just loud enough, just long enough to let you know that there is a storm happening right now. Just, just to remind you that it's there. These kinds of words that we hear like to linger. They're never the loudest voices that we're here. They don't startle us. But simple words like, you're not good enough. Things we always hear every day. Things like, you don't deserve to be happy. You, you may feel happy right now, but it's going to end at some point. Those, those lingering thoughts that we, no one loves you. They're just being nice to you. you. You didn't get that job because you deserved it. You got that job because you knew somebody. All those kinds of voices, that rolling thunder that we hear in our lives, just letting us know that we're, we're in the middle of something. But look at the first word that Jesus says when he's confronted with the storm. The disciples wake him up. He comes out on top of the ship and he looks at the storm and he goes, quiet. Just be quiet. Another version says, peace. Shut up, storm. Be quiet. It's over. And I believe Jesus wants to do that in our lives as well. Those words we hear, the things that we hear that shake us to our core or are a nagging reminder of our insecurities, Jesus wants to speak into them and say, peace, quiet, be still. The problem is oftentimes we do not let Jesus be the loudest thing that we hear. We focus our attention on the storm and the, the thunder in our lives. But when we let Jesus speak, everything else has no choice but to be quiet. So the question I have for you this morning, if you're a note taker, you can write this question out. If you, if you feel like you're hearing thunder louder than anything else, the question that I would love to ask you is, are we allowing Jesus to be the loudest voice in our lives? Are you allowing Jesus to speak louder than the storm? Are you allowing Jesus to speak to the wind and the waves and the lightning and the thunder and say, quiet, peace be still? Or are we putting our attention more on the thunder? The second part of a storm is the wind. Now, thunder can be scary, it can shake you, it can startle you, but the real damage comes from wind. Uh, when I was a kid, 1999, I guess, would have been, been the year, uh, there was, some of you may remember it if you've been around in this area since then, there was a huge tornado, system of tornadoes hit BB, like pretty much leveled BB in 99. And I remember my dad was in law enforcement at the time, and so after the storm hit during the recovery, we got to kind of ride with him. We, had his, his, we were in his truck, he had his lights on, and we were driving through a lot of the destruction of BB, like right in the heart of BB. And I remember very vividly sitting in the back seat of my dad's truck looking out the window, and I think it was on my right side, I looked and saw there was a house that had been completely leveled, but the roof was still intact, and it was sitting on a pile of rubble. And I was looking at this roof intact on a pile of rubble, and I remember seeing a small girl, probably five or six years old, just sitting on top of her roof on a crumpled house, just holding a teddy bear, just completely breaking my heart. Like this girl, this is all she had left, is just a teddy bear sitting on the roof of her house, and that was it. It's the power of wind. Wind can destroy everything. Strong winds are caused when pressure changes rapidly over time. That's science, y'all, okay? When pressure changes, and the greater the pressure, the more wind. Pressure in our lives can also lead to damage if we let it. There's something I love to do with our students. I love to do this little example sometimes. But if you were to take an orange and you cut it in half and start squeezing it, 
you probably aren't going to be expecting chocolate milk to come out, are you? Like, that would be awesome. Like, like chocolate milk is so much better than orange juice. But if you squeeze an orange, what's going to come out? Thank you. Amen. Orange juice. Orange juice is coming out. Like, that just makes it, that is what, whatever is on the inside of us when pressure is applied will come out of us. And so often we expect when pressure happens, we can control ourselves. And on the surface, maybe for a little while, you can control yourself. But whatever is on the inside of us will come out under pressure. The Bible says that whatever is in the heart will come out. Whatever's in here will come out of your mouth. So whatever is in us, when pressure is applied, that will come out. And you look at what the disciples did when pressure hit them. Pressure got applied to the disciples in the storm. Doubt showed out. The disciples started saying, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Like, I don't think you can handle this. Like, I know you're on the boat with us, but Jesus, I don't think you can handle, you obviously can't handle the wind and the waves. And it was in that moment, the disciples thought Jesus didn't care about them enough to prevent the storm. But that was missing the point. If you're a note taker, I want you to write this down because this is so good. Peace is not the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. It was not peace that they avoided a storm. Peace happened when Jesus stood up and said, peace. When Jesus speaks into your storm, that's when real peace happens. We get so caught up in the fact that, God, why did you prevent this from happening? Instead of focusing on, God, will you show up in the middle of my circumstance right now? Jesus calms the wind, says, why are you so afraid? Why, why do you still have so little of faith? The most frustrating part about this when it comes to the disciples is that earlier, right before they get on this boat, Jesus is teaching people and he's teaching about the parable of the sower, about a farmer who has seed and he's scattering seed and on some it falls onto to rocky ground, on some in shallow soil and on others it falls on thorns and in some it falls on rich soil, deep soil. The whole point of that is it, it comes to Mark chapter 4, verse 6, where it says, And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Talking about the shallow soil. Jesus had just got done teaching his disciples, you have to have deep roots. You have to have a firm foundation if you want to weather the, weather the weather. If you want to weather the storms in your life, if you want to weather the sun and the wind, you've got to have deep roots. James chapter six or 1, verse 6 says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the waves of sea, blown and tossed by the wind. If we have the doubts in our lives, allow them to take control, then when the wind comes to destroy us, and it will come, we will not have roots or a foundation level enough and deep enough to withstand the wind. Doubt prevents roots from growing. No roots, no anchor equal more damage. Lastly, number three, third part of a storm is the rain. If you've ever been caught in the rain before, you know you really can't escape it. Um, I remember a few years ago, Mythbusters, that show on Discovery Channel, they actually tried to debunk a myth, and they were trying to figure out if, if it's raining, do you get less wet by running in the rain or walking in the rain? Because our first instinct when it starts to rain is to run. And they actually found out that you get the same amount of wet. Like, you get just as wet running as you do from walking. You just get out of it faster. And our first instinct, usually when it rains, is to get out of the rain. 
David was making fun of me uh, earlier this morning because I was I was about to I was going to quote a Dolly Parton quote, and he knows I can't stand country, but. When it's a great quote, you got to use it. Dolly Parton had said one time, the way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. If you want the promises that are coming, then you have to deal with the rain. We, we want the promises of God. We want what he has for us, but we run for cover when we start getting wet. We want what God has for us. We want the beauty. We want the sunshine and the rainbows. But when life gets tough, when storms come, when we start getting wet, we want to hightail it for cover. For a lot of us, when we go through storms, I mentioned this earlier, we, we start asking ourselves, well, what, what did I do wrong? Like, God, did I, did I mess up? Did I take a wrong path? Did I do something to cause this storm in my life? We, our minds are trained to think here on earth like we have cause and effect. When we do something or something happens, there is a, a, an equal but opposite reaction, right? It's a law. And our minds are trained to think that way. If you do something good, you get something good in return. You do something wrong, you get punished. You do good work, you get a raise. You eat healthy, you feel better. You break the law, you go to jail. Commit a foul in a basketball game, you get, no, nope, no, nope, sometimes they let those go. Sorry, I'm still salty about this weekend. The truth is God doesn't work like we do, though. And we, we have to sometimes get our minds outside of our own way. We, we got to stop thinking that God thinks the way we do. I love what Kevin said. It still sticks with me, what he talked about in January during our deconstruction series. Like, you don't want your God to think the same way you do. You want his thoughts to be way higher than yours. You want him to see stuff on the chessboard that you can't see. You want him to think in ways and have higher powers than you. If we understood God, he wouldn't be God. I love that so much. God doesn't think like we do. He doesn't work like we do. He says it right in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your, neither are your ways my ways. And then it skips down a little bit. For as the rain comes down from heaven, it does not return there but waters the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It will not return empty, but will accomplish that which I purpose and will succeed in the thing for which I sent it. We like to stop at my thoughts are not your thoughts, ways are not your But if you look a little further, Jesus is literally talking. God is talking about this exact thing. That the rain's gonna come in your life, you're gonna get, you're gonna get wet. Rains are gonna are gonna fall. And you may try really hard to escape them, but you're still gonna get wet. But nothing happens that God can't use. There is nothing that will happen in our lives that God can't use. You don't think Moses would have preferred Pharaoh, just let them go and be done with it? Of course he would. He would have rather walked away from Egypt in peace. But Pharaoh chose to go back after him. And because of that, God's like, uh, zero waste kingdom here. We're going to use this moment to create a miracle. And that's how we get the Red Sea parting. Just because rain falls in your life does not mean it's always going to be rainy. The end is here. This is how it's always going to be. It may be that way for you for a season. And it may be a long season. But the same rain that falls in your life will cause trees to grow. The same rain that falls in your life will cause other things to happen, cause bread to go for people, bread to the eater. 
seed to the sower, bring sprout. The word will go forth. And it may be a terrible moment. It may hurt right now. And you may be soaking wet, standing in the rain, love actually style. Like, just would you please just help me here? But whatever falls on you, God can use it. Acts 27 talks about another situation where there was a storm. Paul and his men and the crew, and they were, they were in the middle of a really tough storm as well. This was a multiple day kind of storm out in the sea. They all thought they were going to die. Like the crew was looking around going, we're, we're toast. This is it. I'm done. This is over. And Paul looks and, and number one, like they were thinking this was God. And Paul reminds them like, you know what? Remember, I told you like this would happen. Like we were supposed to do something else and you wanted to do this. And Paul said, I'm confident we're not going to sink. And they're like, how in the world can you be so confident that we're not going to perish in this moment? And Paul says, because an angel has visited me. Like an angel is standing right here with me. And verse 24, this is what the angel tells Paul. Don't be afraid, Paul. You have to stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. He's telling these people, listen, we're not going to die here because I have to go on trial. Like, you can't go down in this boat. You have another battle to face. And sometimes as hard as our season is, as hard as our storm is, as hard as the battle we find ourselves is that we're in, God is standing next to us and saying, you're not done yet. There's more for you to do. I'm not done with you yet. You're not going to drown in this rain. There is more for you. God will use what you learn in this storm. I believe this with every ounce of being in my life. God will use the things that you go through for somebody else. The storm you're facing right now, if it's a cancer battle, you're going to be able to pour in. If you're looking in the right direction, if, you're doing our, if we're doing our jobs right, we should be seeking out other people that we can tell our story to. If you're facing a health problem right now, you can look somebody else in the eye down the road who's going through the same thing and go, I've been there. This is what helped me. I would love to pray with you. Let's meet. Just like Rusty was talking about earlier, there are people in marriages who have been further along than you are right now who can look at you and say, hey, I've been there. I know what you're facing. Let me help you out. The rain that you're facing now will cause things to grow in the future. I want you guys to stand with me this morning. We're, we're going to go into a time of worship again in just a moment. Most of you, if you call New Life home, you, you know the, the routine, you know the part of the day that we're getting toward. But as you're standing, I just want everybody to close your eyes for just a moment. And maybe some of you right now are in the middle of a storm, like right now. You're like, I am smack dab in the eye of a hurricane right now in my life. Or maybe you're just coming out of a storm. And if it's neither one of those, then buckle up because a storm is heading your way. I'm forecasting. It's your 10-day forecast. <laughs> a storm will come. It just happens. But if you're in this place today and you say, Craig, I'm in the middle of a storm right now, I'm going to ask you to do something in just a minute just so we can be praying for We're not going to make it weird. We're not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you uncomfortable in any way. But I'd love for our prayer team just to kind of have some, some eyes open for a minute, just to know who we can be praying for. But if that's you and you say, Craig, I'm in the middle of a storm right now. I'm in a tough spot. I'm in a situation. The thunder's loud. I hear so many voices just screaming at me. The wind is hard. I don't know if I'm rooted enough to handle this wind. 
the rain's pouring down and I just don't see how this can benefit. If you're in the middle of a storm right now, I would love for you just to lift up your hand right now so we can be praying for you. Thank you, guys. There's a lot of hands up around the building. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your courage. Appreciate that. Listen, if you raised your hand or even if you didn't, I believe this. God wants to say peace into your life right now. God wants to say quiet to the noise around you. But even if he doesn't, just like Paul, he's saying, I'm not going to take you out with this because there's more for you to do. You may have to endure the rain just a little while longer. But there's something going to grow in its place, I promise you. And you're going to have a role to play in that. You're going to have a, a, a part to play. You're going to get to share your story. So don't look at this moment, this storm, as a problem. Don't look at it as an end game. Don't look at it as a situation that I'm done for. I might as well just lay down, open up my mouth, and just let it drown me. No. Allow God to use this moment. Allow him to speak and direct your life. Jesus, right now, every person who has raised their hand saying, I'm in the middle of a storm, God, I pray that you speak to their life, that you speak peace. If it's your will, God, speak peace into their life. Tell the voices to quiet. Let the storm subside. Teach us how to have faith. Teach us how to stand in your word. But God, if it's not your time, if it's not your will, if it's not the moment that the rain needs to stop, God, that you comfort us and let us know that there is more to do, that you're going to spare us, that you're going to keep us alive right now, that you're going to keep us floating because you have more for us to do. Encourage us, God. Help remind us the plan that you have for us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, we're going to go back into a couple more worship songs. I would challenge you just to go for it this morning. Like just pour your heart and soul into worship. Don't worry about lyrics on a screen. Don't worry about singing off key. Just kind of go for it this morning. I want to remind you also, if you would like to, maybe you are one of those people that raised a hand saying, I'm in the middle of a storm. I need the church to pray with me. Back in the back on the little risers there, we've got prayer cards. You can let us know how we could be praying for you. You can leave it anonymous if you want to or you can fill out your information and we can contact you. But there's also self-serve communion back there as well. Just kind of take the next few moments to, to just get into the presence of God today. Amen. Let's worship.